Welcome to the Bitcoin Source Podcast, the ultimate destination for all things Bitcoin. Today, we have an intriguing guest with us, Will Foxley, a former multimedia director at Compass Mining and a tech reporter with a wealth of experience in the cryptocurrency ecosystem. We're excited to explore Will's insight and knowledge about Bitcoin. Welcome, Will. Thanks. Glad to be here. Uh, excited to be on the other side of the mic, as we were saying right before we started recording here. I just... I always do the, the interviews, so it's good to get my opinion out there for once. Right? Most definitely. And you've done so many interviews that, you know, you definitely have a lot to say, a lot of knowledge stored in that brain of yours. So I, I can't wait to really delve into just your real uh, multimedia side, the side that kind of inspired you to get into Bitcoin and be interested in it. So the first question that I want to ask you, Will, is, you know, of course, with your background in tech reporting and multimedia, um, what drew you into the world of Bitcoin and how has your experience in this industry shaped you and your perspective on this revolutionary digital asset? Yeah, I, I'd kind of say like my interest in Bitcoin itself, like led to multimedia work in general. Like I, I like Bitcoin. I've always cared about it. Like learned about it a little bit later, 2018 or so, heard things about it earlier in life, but, you know, kind of dismissed it as most people did. Uh, and then looking at the space and looking at my skill set, it became pretty obvious that there was like a lack of people who could explain Bitcoin in a solid way, like a fundamental way. Uh, and then also like in an ethical way, there's just like a lot of people out there who can do other things with Bitcoin. They can trade it. They can go on Twitter and talk about it or pump people's bags. There may be like dev developers, but there's not a lot of people who can like speak about it uh, in layman's terms. And I kind of found myself being able to do that. And then over the last five years, I sort of grew tired and weary of just writing about it. And so I wanted to try other mediums and found that, hey, you can do like motion graphics about Bitcoin. Some people like really like that, or you can make documentaries about Bitcoin. And some people are just like really like that, or you can do podcasts about it like you're doing. And if you approach it correctly, like all these different people who learn about any subject, whatever, in a different way can be brought into Bitcoin together. So someone who really likes audio and learns that way. Bitcoin, go find out Bitcoin podcast. So, or if you want to listen or, or read or write about it. So that's mostly what I pursued. Nice, nice. And I love to hear that because my journey is kind of similar. Like I started off doing a lot of writing content creation for Bitcoin. And I just kind of realized that like a lot of people don't read or the people that are trying to learn about Bitcoin that don't have an understanding of it, they're less apt to read it. They're more consuming it visually or audio lead through their earphones. So it's like the podcast thing for me, it's kind of cliche because everybody is doing it. But I found that like everybody has a different perspective, right? So, you know, what you've done in the space has been kind of like insane because, you know, if you just look at your all camp. the interviews you've done, especially in the mining space, it's just like mind boggling to be as young as you are and to really have made some of these enormous connections. Like, you know, five years from now, when Bitcoin is at God knows what price, like people are going to look back and be like, this kid, Will Foxley, like he he was crushing it early in the game. Before yeah, I mean, I think that's a cool thing about Bitcoin is like you're going to jump in and there's a lower threshold for uh, for asking about credentialism because it's just like, oh, we all, all, we're all figuring out what this is. And for the media space itself, the credentialism is lowered even more because like if you bring in someone from traditional media, like someone who has background and like NBC kind of stuff, they're often at a disadvantage uh, compared to someone like yourself or myself who wandered into this, maybe had a background in reading and writing and sort of like the softer skills. And that definitely helped. 
but they were just curious and hungry to learn more. And so that's sort of what I've leaned into. I want to pick your brain on like, I guess you could say your formal employee, which is uh, Compass Mining. So you've witnessed so many things there. So I'd, I'd love to know, how do you see like Bitcoin mining's role in the ecosystem and how has that changed over time for you? Yeah, Bitcoin mining is really interesting. I mean, I got into it with that first job at Compass. Beforehand, I was just a journalist at Coindesk. So I followed Bitcoin mining through the eyes of a reporter and Oftentimes, Bitcoin mining was probably like the last beat a reporter would choose to cover because like there's not that much coin. Like there might be new hardware, there might be like a new transaction, there might be a new facility getting set up or a new entry into like the public mining space. And that's great like that we need that for Bitcoin, but it's oftentimes like not the most interesting part. So from a reporter's landscape, it was often like the last beat. And then flip into 2021, the bull market's happening and Bitcoin mining was kind of the place to be. Like it kind of had a rebirth. There's like this whole uh, political pressure around Bitcoin miners because of the climate issue and the energy usage. All these Bitcoin miners were leaving China and coming to the United States, moving to Texas. So you had like this geopolitical issue alongside it. And then of course, Bitcoin price is rising, which means Bitcoin mining stocks are also going crazy. Like they always rise way faster than Bitcoin. So if you're in them, like it's a great place to make money. They kind of trade like uh, any run-of-the-mill altcoin that's like going through the roof at the same time. So it's a great place to be. And I jumped into a Bitcoin mining startup at that time with Compass. Uh, it was a pretty wild ride. Learned a lot about the mining industry. I think the thing that I walked away from the most is like Bitcoin mining is extremely complex. And most people kind of look past it because they think they've understood it just from understanding like how Bitcoin itself works. Like they understand Bitcoin mining sort of processes transactions and the nodes validate them and then they get put into the blocks and that's all great and bitcoin miners need energy and they find cheap energy and they buy asics well it's a lot more than that because there's this whole business side of things right if you look at traditional porting business reporting makes up like the bulwark of all reporting right we're talking about all these companies what are their earnings what are their revenues bitcoin mining is only one of the only parts of the whole cryptocurrency industry where that is true like where we actually have like this business reporting that's capable within the cryptocurrency industry. All the other things out there are great. They're devy and techie, but they have no business aspect. So I grew an appreciation for like business reporting, for how businesses work and how to run a business properly. Uh, it's really difficult when you're looking at something like Bitcoin, which has like this crazy commodity cycle. And you have these companies that are trying to pay people out on steady paychecks. And the thing they're selling is Bitcoin, which is not steady at all. Uh, so I'd say that is one of the bigger things. And then, of course, there's like the more technical stuff I enjoyed, like learning about ASICs, learning about hardware, uh, learning about different energy grids. Texas energy grid has been like an endless source of fascination for me. A few other points like that. Yeah, most definitely. And, and I, I also have to give you kudos on just like your your documentary skills, too. Like, you know, shout out to my, my brother, Bitcoin Vegan. Oh, yeah. What you've done with what you've done with that documentary was huge. Like I, you know, was writing for black bitcoin billionaires at the time and i made sure that i put it out there let people know and like that documentary still to this day has just been so impactful for not only his story but just bitcoin as a whole yeah definitely like filmmaking is a cool part again kind of go on a tangent here if that's okay like that documentary is really fun to make uh, i i came into compass with the idea of making a lot of bitcoin mining content and then found out pretty quickly that bitcoin mining is so tangible that it means that there's certain communities who can actually be a part of it in a way that a traditional Bitcoin isn't. A lot of people think of Bitcoin, you need like a bank account even to like onboard to Bitcoin sometimes. You need capital in the first place to get involved with it. Well, with Bitcoin mining, if a Bitcoin mining company comes to your town, like you can get a job and then you can go work there and then you can be a part of Bitcoin. 
And so I quickly kind of found this thread of like blue collar or underprivileged Americans who wanted to get involved with Bitcoin. Well, they could because like Bitcoin moved to their town, essentially, like in their eyes, like Bitcoin was their neighbor. And if Bitcoin was their neighbor, well, they could work with it and they could feel it and get to know it. And so with a few stories, one about like the Navajo mining Bitcoin and one about these two Wyoming dads mining Bitcoin. And then with uh, Justin and his story about finding Bitcoin and, and leaving prison and finding Bitcoin, enabling him to set up his life afterwards. I kind of find this thread about like Bitcoin moving people's lives in a better direction, which I think is one, like really wholesome and two, really hopeful. And I, I like those threads for Bitcoin more than a lot of the doomerism we see online. You know, Bitcoin as an investment has been increasingly popular amongst individuals and institutions, especially this year with the Black Rocks and people trying to get ETFs. So as someone who holds the investment in Bitcoin, um, what factors or principles do you consider when evaluating Bitcoin as a long-term investment? Yeah, great question. Uh, I take it from my own stance as like a middle-class American who went to college. Like I think everything has to be contextualized within that before we talk about finances, because it can be really different. So like Justin Redrick, who we did the, the Bitcoin story about back in February, like he came out of prison and he didn't really have much money, right? He was trying to get jobs and he ended up just buying some Bitcoin in what could kind of look like some people to a lottery ticket. But to him, he was fully convinced Bitcoin was going to be the next big thing. And his bet was correct. And so maybe it wasn't a lottery ticket. Maybe it was just like you know, logic reasoning playing out correctly. But to a lot of people, that looked like a lottery ticket. To me, in my situation, like Bitcoin is like the next money. It's store value. I see like my dollar depreciating a little bit every day. And so I'm like, okay, if I look at this over a 10-year period, I'm going to want to have more Bitcoin in 10 years than I do dollars. And so that's, that's my role. For Justin, it might be the opposite, right? He needs more dollars now. Bitcoin is a means of getting there. And for other people, I think they just have like so much money. They just want to go out, purchase Bitcoin because like it doesn't matter too much to them for their daily needs. And when I think of like all these ETFs or even Bitcoin mining trading stocks out there and how like I allocate, like it's probably between like five and 20% of like the money I make. Like I just kind of put in Bitcoin or like think about putting into Bitcoin. And I just think that's kind of responsible for a long-term role because you can always allocate based on percentages from your income. You like cover your rent, cover like your housing, whatever it is, and then your food and then like your needs and then savings would be a big part of it. And I think of Bitcoin as a form of savings. Uh, so I always like kind of allocate it that way. Like how do you perceive like the regulatory landscape? Because I know that you had a lot of conversations around that. So like, do you perceive that the impact of regulation on Bitcoin will kind of impact the future development of it? Yeah, great question. And I, I think of this one through a Bitcoin mining landscape, I guess, because I've just thought about it more. Like Gary Gensler and the SEC is its own other topic. And I think we'll see that play out by each administration. You know, every four-year period, there'll probably be some other person who has a different opinion until it becomes like Bitcoin is accepted and that's it. I think for on like the local level for Bitcoin mining and for Bitcoin adoption, we still have some things to see play out. The one thing I always turn back to is like the county and state level for Bitcoin mining, where we probably need some more protections around it, or at least some understandings of how it's going to work. Uh, so one thing here in Colorado, where I'm at, Adams County, Colorado, they are trying to push out flare gas miners because they think that it's like bad for the environment. Well, like for Bitcoiners, we know it's, the opposite is true, like flaring gas is actually harmful because you're just either releasing methane into the atmosphere or you're just releasing carbon straight into the atmosphere with no economic purpose. 
both flared gas Bitcoin mining, you're earning an economic revenue and you're getting rid of this flare. At the same time, like these people here in the local level aren't aware of it. State level probably are not either. And I think that's where people like you and I come in and can be like good educational resources where like we, we put a good face to the industry. We talk about things truthfully. We, we say things with authenticity and we say things with kindness and then we can get across to the right people. It takes a while of knocking, but you can get there. And I think that's, we just have like five to 10 more years of that, right? Where if I'm a Bitcoin miner and I move into a small town in Tennessee and I'm too loud and I don't pay people correctly and I piss off the local mayor, it's not going to be a good look. And that's where you're going to see regulations come in. They're going to be anti-Bitcoin. But if we come in the correct way and do things correctly, then you're going to see the opposite. So it's, it's very patchwork, slow, a little boring, but that's also regulations. Yes. And I think what also ties into that too is reporting, which is kind of your wheelhouse in a sense. And what's being reported on mining, what's being reported on the condition of Bitcoin in the community is what's going to really be impactful. So, um, you know, how do you stay informed about the rapidly changing world of Bitcoin, because I found myself when I was a writer, I mean, I still write, but not as much. It's always difficult to kind of be in the know, following the trends, being on top of like pertinent information in the ecosystem. So how do you find a way to distinguish the noise and the abundance of information? In today's fast paced digital world, showing your support for the things you love doesn't have to break the bank. With just a few seconds of your time, you can help us at the Bitcoin source by liking our content, subscribing to our channel, pressing the notification bell, and leaving a comment with your thoughts. Every interaction helps us to grow and improve, and we are grateful for your support. So if you are a fan of our content, take a moment to show your love and help us to continue to deliver high-quality, informative content about Bitcoin and the world of cryptocurrency. Your support means the world to us, and we can't thank you enough for being a part of the Bitcoin Source community. Now back to the episode. Yeah, there is a lot going out there. And I, my strategy has really changed depending on one, what kind of information I want. Because every day you're like, okay, maybe I'm tired of looking at Bitcoin news or maybe I'm really into it. And two, like how Twitter has changed. I, my thinking is like Twitter has become like a less of a useful resource. I'm still on it daily, but it's it's changing. and I'm trying to figure out how to use it. I've started using like a lot of the Telegram channels with like headlines just to read them and pay attention to them. And then on top of that, there's like really useful resources for like micro uh, content creators, which is what I like to call them, who are zeroed in on one particular part of the Bitcoin ecosystem. Maybe they just do lightning. Maybe they just do mining. Maybe they just do like ETFs, Bitcoin stuff or like Bitcoin apps. So I pay attention to those people because they are actually focused on it day in and day out. So that's how I mostly do at this point. But to your point, like it's really fractured and it's time consuming and it's hard to know. And you come into this media landscape, right? Where you have like a big name like Forbes doing pay for play. And so you don't always get the best reporting out of it. And then you come across over to like Coindesk or the block and they might have decent reporting, but not always like the in-depth knowledge of like a Bitcoin developer. But then you go to a Bitcoin developer and it's, illiterate you can't understand what they're saying because it's so technical uh, and so you kind of have to find your person within all of that and that's where i like this micromedia idea especially as we go into like a, a future where we have more applications we have more scaling solutions it's more complex if we can build these little micromedia sites that focus on just one topic within bitcoin and one topic within like the whole crypto angle you, you'll be able to get out more information for the general public someone who's able to translate things 
And that's sort of what I've tried to pioneer, maybe not pioneer, tried to do. I, other people have done this, obviously. I tried to do with mining where it's like, okay, I understand mining and I have a lot of deep connections to mining. If I can produce that in an ethical way for other people out there, then I'm winning and I'm helping other people succeed alongside me. I think that is a better benefit than some of the other alternatives out there. The downside, of course, is like your following is always going to be small. So you're always going to have like this small, intensely loyal following, but it's going to be small. And that's where the question of like monetization comes in. And it's a whole other conversation, but it's definitely one that is, is challenging and makes the model kind of hard to replicate. And even like the the educational portions of Bitcoin, which is essentially what you're doing, you're educating people on this massive scalable level. And when you look at Twitter, like you mentioned, um, even Discord, Discord just had a massive hack. And all these things, of course, impact Bitcoin and the educational platforms that we use to push these things. But I think what makes you unique, Will, is that um, you know, you're in a weird niche because like when I'm looking for mining stuff, I'll check out, you know, uh, Marty Bent or like some of these other podcasters. But then it's like when I want to get a fresh take, I'm like, let me go check out my boy, Will, because I know that you just have such a large catalog of miners that you've talked to from the marathon guys, the riot guys, yeah. your approach, the way that you talk about mining to them, I think opens up a different can of worms than the traditional mining perspective that we see in the Bitcoin space right now. Yeah, I think there's so much topics like I like Marty and I like all the stuff those guys are doing. Uh, it's just like they're covering so much, right? So if I added like mining and then lightning and then like other L2s and then talk about Bitcoin core and then talk about ETFs and fund structures and then talk about Bitcoin price and trading, like before you know it, like you are a master of none. And so it's very hard. And so that's why I think like some of those Bitcoin podcasters and some of the Bitcoin media are up against the wall in a sense, because there's too much information for them to gather. And typically we kind of see them retreat into a few topics. So I think like Marty actually has like a pretty deep mining bag because he's like on the board of directors for at least one mining company. He's been on uh, business development at another mining company. And then he's like uh, also does VC work, I believe with mining too. So like he has a lot of mining coverage and he can kind of lean into that bag. I don't know if I don't think he leans into some of the other subjects as much. I'm not as familiar, so I won't, don't quote me on that. But from what I've seen is, you know, you lean into what you know. And that's, again, why I like this micromedia idea. You know, let's figure out a way to monetize these people who are doing a good job of translating all these various aspects of Bitcoin that are increasingly lightning and mining. Yes, mining helps settle lightning. Yes, mining is like a security layer for, for lightning. Yes, they use the same asset. But in so many ways, they're very, very different. Uh, and it doesn't make sense from a content perspective to put all those things under the same hood unless you have a ton of resources and you have a very vigorous editorial process and you have lots of different reporters and people who can tinker with it. And frankly, it's difficult to do. Uh, that's why we see like a lot of frustration with some of like the more mainstream crypto publications out there. Um, there was something you said that just resonated with me too, where... Um, a lot of people are trying to find niches or they're just talking about mining or lightning or they're doing a little bit of, too much of everything. And yeah. even with my with my podcast, like I've gotten lucky because I'm really looking for the diversity in Bitcoin. So, yeah, I like talking to the new fresh faces where I can get perspectives on all these different aspects of the protocol. I'm, I'm looking for more of that. Right. I'm looking for more diversity, more people that are 
you usually don't see in the space that so you can get a different perspective a breath of fresh air and you know i i know we didn't really speak on this but like i'm also curious to see like what you're going to do next as far as multimedia i know you said you were building something with your friends but you've been keeping it yeah. hush hush so i'm curious about that too like what are you doing next will yeah for sure and just a last point where you're saying the thing about micromedia that's kind of cool is like you get to do whatever you want with it right especially if you're able to fund it like if you have someone who buys into your vision and like you're getting enough listeners like someone needs to put ad dollars out there and send marketing so like if they like your vision they buy into it well you can go make whatever you want because it's your platform and you have listeners so I, I like that part about the whole uh, Bitcoin media scene. In terms of other stuff, building like a Web3 podcast, which I don't know if everyone will, in the Bitcoin side will love that. But I do think that there's been sort of a breakthrough in the last 12 months, especially with ordinals and inscriptions, to be seeing some of the benefits of other technology that's been built on cryptocurrencies. So like ZK Rollups is probably the best example, right? Where like... There's some legitimate ideas for putting ZK rollups on Bitcoin at this point and how would that look like? And yes, it might take five or 10 years. And yes, we want to keep a lot of Bitcoin's promises. We want to keep Bitcoin conservative. We don't want to like strain nodes too much. But this is kind of what the playbook was for Bitcoin all along. And the fact that we're able to get there is really exciting to me. Yeah, that's, that's so fire, man. Like, you know, you you always tweet about saying that you had that dog in you, man. And like, I... I the, just like I'm telling you, like the way that you film, the way that you approach like producing, I definitely can see you making movies and doing great stuff in that space. And that's a niche that a lot of people aren't doing in Bitcoin and you have the energy and the insight to do it. So I'm definitely going to be looking forward to all those kind of conversations that you'll be having with great people in the mining industry down the road for sure. Yeah. The next one we're working on right now is with Galaxy Digital about their Bitcoin mine down in Dickens County, Texas. So we're going down to film in September. Uh, we're meeting people in the town. We're most actually doing it about the town. It's it's going to have a very light touch on the Bitcoin aspect. The The point is to talk about the town and people who work at the Bitcoin mine. And then the goal is to be like, hey, let's, let's go show this video to your mom or to like your aunt or like your uncle who works at the hardware store or whatever and see what they think about it. And I think that's a way to like orange pill people through the back door, right? Where it's like, oh, I, I know that kind of person. And if that kind of person will work at a Bitcoin mine, then like maybe Bitcoin is interesting to me. Like maybe Bitcoin is for me. Uh, so that's a thesis I'm running for. And I'm pretty excited for it. So so last question for you, Will. And uh, this is always a question that I ask people when I wrap up the, the show. So like, what are some of the milestones or developments that you can anticipate? Of course, you kind of mentioned some of them, but I mean, in particular to uh, what you're trying to do in the space outside of mining, like what are you anticipating for the future for you as far as the trajectory of your Bitcoin journey within the next year or so? Yeah, I, I sort of think of it in a few different ways. One, connections. I'm a huge people person, so I love networking and I know people and it's kind of a meme like networking, but it is true. Like, especially in Bitcoin, a lot of your like incentives are aligned if you pick the right people. And so I try to get to know as many people as possible, see where we can work together. So I love that sort of stuff. When you and I first connected over like possibly doing some media together a few months ago, and now we're doing a podcast together and who knows what's next, right? So like, there's always things that are that are on the table as long as like you stick around the community and stick around within Bitcoin for a while. And the second thing is just like learning how to build a media company within Bitcoin is really interesting to me. I think that there's a lot of models that push people towards the wrong incentives and push people create clickbait or create things that are not true, don't help people in the end. 
educate themselves. And I want to figure out how to create something that does get engagement, does drive traffic, but also educates people in a healthy way. Uh, so that's like what I'm tackling this year with like taking, uh, going forward with like a mining podcast is like, how do I educate people about Bitcoin mining, but also keep like this whole company afloat and keep it running. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for you, Will, man. I'm really going to be looking forward to all the different like aspects and things. And of course, you know, you have my information, so feel free to tap in with me and, and we'll, we'll make something happen if you need my help. But before you go, um, give people your social media handles, any last words that you want the audience to know about what, what you have going on? For sure. Yeah. At WS Foxley on Twitter and on Telegram. It's the same handle. So hit me up either way. I'm on Telegram way too much, uh, just like quite a bit. So I probably need to cut that addiction a little bit. And then you can also follow at the mining pod on Twitter, our RSS feed and our YouTube. Good places to watch. We'll be restarting shows pretty soon here. Uh, for films, stuff like that, not quite sure where we're going to put it. We're going to try to see it, like if we can get on some different distribution channels. Probably not Netflix, but maybe one day. So that's where, to, that's where to keep up to date with me. The man, the myth, the legend, everybody. Will Foxley, once again, brother. Thank you for taking time to be on the Bitcoin Source, a Bitcoin conversation. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Good to chat with you. Speak again soon. Oh, 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 o